1 Samuel chapter 3, verse 1. And the child Samuel ministered unto the Lord before Eli, and the word of the Lord was precious in those days. There was no frequent vision. Samuel is still a child. He's not born a Levite, but he's ministering in the tabernacle as if he is, because his mother has dedicated him to God as a lifelong Nazarite. And it says the word of the Lord was precious, which means it was rare. Very seldom did God speak to the people. And this was because of the great sin going on at the time. Their sin showed that they didn't want to hear from him. That's why he didn't say very much. And that's true in our lives too. If we are deep in sin, it'll be really hard for us to hear God because he knows that we don't really care about him. So why should we care about what he has to say? But when we repent of our sins and we start putting our focus on him, then he speaks to us more and more because he knows that we're interested in him. Two, and it came to pass at that time when Eli was laid down in his place, now his eyes had begun to wax dim, which means in his old age he couldn't see very well, that he could not see. Three, and the lamp of God was not yet gone out. Now that's the seven lighted candlestick that's inside the tabernacle. It's on the left, outside the Holy of Holies. And the light was still on. And Samuel was laid down to sleep in the temple of the Lord where the ark of God was. Samuel wasn't sleeping in the Holy of Holies. He was sleeping in the outer court or perhaps in the tabernacle where that candlestick was because it did mention the candlestick, but he would not have been allowed to sleep in the Holy of Holies. He would have died if they put him in there. Four, that the Lord called Samuel and he said, Here am I. Samuel answered the Lord by saying, Not here I am, but here am I, because I am is God himself. So Samuel answers, Here am I. 5. And he ran unto Eli and said, Here am I, for thou didst call me. The little boy Samuel didn't realize that the Lord God was talking to him. When he heard the voice, he thought it was the voice of Eli. And he said, I called not, lie down again. And he went and lay down. Eli told him, I, I never called you. 6. And the Lord called yet again Samuel. And Samuel arose and went to Eli and said, Here am I, for thou didst call me. And he answered, I called not my son, lie down again. 7. Now Samuel did not yet know the Lord. Now this is interesting because he's close to the Lord because he's obeying the Lord. He isn't committing sins. He's just a little boy and the only thing he's ever known is God's law. He lives by God's law. But the Lord has never spoken audibly to Samuel before or given him a dream or a vision. And he arose and went to Eli and said, Here am I, for thou didst call me. And Eli perceived that the Lord was calling the child. So at this point, at the third time, that Samuel came to Eli's bed, Eli figured it out that it must be the voice of God he's hearing. 9. Therefore Eli said unto Samuel, Go lie down, and it shall be, if thou be called, that thou shalt say, Speak, Lord, for thy servant heareth. So Samuel went and lay down in his place. Eli has given him good instructions. He said, If you hear the voice again, it's coming from God, and you need to answer God, and don't come running to me. Stay where you are, and tell God that you're listening. 10. And the Lord came and stood and called as at other times, Samuel, Samuel. Then Samuel said, Speak for thy servant heareth. The Lord is really patient this whole time because the Lord knows that Eli and Samuel didn't understand what was going on. So the Lord has waited all night for Samuel to understand, to answer him. 11. And the Lord said to Samuel, Behold, I will do a thing in Israel, at which both the ears of everyone that heareth it shall tingle. Now that means that it's really going to have a huge impact on people. They're going to pay attention, 
and they're going to remember it. 12. In that day I will perform against Eli all that I have spoken concerning his house from the beginning even unto the end. In the last chapter, the Lord had cursed Eli's household because Eli was allowing his sons to commit great sins and great atrocities in Israel as priests. They were sleeping with women who they weren't married to and defiling the temple that way. And they were also robbing God of part of the offering that they weren't supposed to take. And it isn't because they were poor. They had plenty of offering that was appointed to them, but they wanted more. And they were causing the servants under them to sin as well. 13. For I have told him that I will judge his house forever for the iniquity, and that he knew that his sons did bring a curse upon themselves, and he rebuked them not. He did verbally confront them, but he never made them stop. Eli could have taken the priesthood away from them. He could have forbid them to come into the temple. He could have even had them stoned for breaking God's law, but he didn't really do anything to make them stop sinning. God says he never rebuked them because although he confronted them verbally, it was very weak. He didn't take authority over them. 14. And therefore I have sworn unto the house of Eli that the iniquity of Eli's house shall not be expiated with sacrifice nor offering forever. God is saying they have committed such great sin against me because they're actually causing other people to sin. They've turned women into pretty much whores who should be virgin women waiting for husbands. Now they're basically whores to the priests, which is really awful. This is like paganism because the pagans have temple prostitutes. Eli's sons are basically treating the Israelite women as temple prostitutes. That's a massive blasphemy. They're also stealing offerings from the people and most importantly God. They're just acting like pagans and causing other Israelites to sin. God says he's not going to forgive them. They've never known God. Eli's sons have never heard the voice of God, and they've never served him or obeyed him in any way. And they don't want to repent. They were confronted by their dad, and they didn't care. So God is ready to destroy them. 15. And Samuel lay until the morning. God will forgive any sin, but we have to repent. We have to want to be forgiven. And Eli's sons did not want to be forgiven. And that's why God said he would never forgive them. 15. And Samuel lay until the morning and opened the doors of the house of the Lord, and Samuel feared to tell Eli the vision. That's understandable because it's really bad news. He loves Eli, and Eli is his boss. He's afraid to tell Eli, God is going to destroy your family line. Plus, Samuel's a little boy, so that would make it even harder to tell bad news to an adult. 16. Then Eli called Samuel and said, Samuel, my son, and he said, Here am I. Because remember, Samuel really is an adopted son to Eli pretty much because his mother gave him to God for life, which means that he's under Eli's care for life. And Eli is training him to be priest the same way he would have trained his own sons. 17. And he said, What is the thing that he hath spoken unto thee? I pray thee, hide it not from me. God do so to thee, and more also, if thou hide anything from me of all the things that he spoke unto thee. Eli is saying, you must tell me what God said. And if you don't tell me what God said, then he will do to you what he said that he would do to me. So it's kind of like a curse. Eli is saying that Samuel will get the same curse that Eli is getting. And I think this is because Eli knows that it's bad news. He had already been told by God through the other prophet that God was going to kill his sons and destroy his family line until a future generation. Then he would bring it back. 
Eli already knows it's bad news, and he knows that this is probably a confirmation, because in the Bible, whenever God says something twice, it means that it's fixed, and he will not change his mind. If he only says something once, he can change his mind if we repent of our sins. But if he said it twice, that means it's fixed, because he knows no repentance is coming. Eli heard the prophecy from the first prophet. Now if he hears it the second time from Samuel, he knows 100% that it's going to happen. 18. And Samuel told him all the words and hid nothing from him. And he said, It is the Lord. Let him do what seemeth him good. Eli is just submitting to God's will and agreeing with it. And that's what you and I should do too. When God says he's going to do something, we just need to submit to his will, even if it's something negative. Because God will glorify himself even through the negative circumstances of our life. Our biggest concern is that the name of God is glorified so that people can be saved. I've had negative things happen in my life, and ultimately, it was for God's glory. Ultimately, it made me closer to the Lord and enabled me to have a stronger testimony to share with others. 19. And Samuel grew, and the Lord was with him, and did let none of his words fall to the ground. Now that means everything that Samuel prophesied came true. And this is only because Samuel is walking in faith. He is obeying the commandments. So many Christians are confused about service to the Lord. They think that service is doing what the church tells you to do and, and participating in all of the programs and volunteering hours and hours of your time. That is only a byproduct of service. The first part of serving the Lord is obeying His commands. If you're not obeying His commands, you don't have a relationship with Him. And no matter how many hours and years you spend doing so-called service in the church, it doesn't mean anything to God, ultimately. It won't make you closer to Him if you're not obeying His commands. Samuel was obeying the Lord's commands, and that's why the Lord gave him true prophecies that always came to pass. 20. And all Israel from Dan, even to Beersheba, knew that Samuel was established to be a prophet of the Lord. And this is because he lives a holy, righteous life. They all know that he doesn't take money from anybody. He doesn't sleep with anybody's wife. He doesn't take bribes etc. And they also know that every single prophecy he has spoken has come true. And so they know that he is a true man of God. He isn't just a flashy person with a limo and a gold watch proclaiming to be a prophet. He is a real genuine prophet. 21. And the Lord appeared again in Shiloh, for the Lord revealed himself to Samuel in Shiloh by the word of the Lord. Now a second time, the Lord is speaking to Samuel face to face, and in the next chapter we'll find out what the Lord says to Samuel. But that concludes 1 Samuel chapter 3.